Welcome to Fool Injectors, a podcast where two car guys try desperately to not talk cars with mixed results. Okay. Episode four. Can we can we equal the can we equal the episode four? Can we be like other episode fours? Can like, we like Star like Star Wars A New Hope? Or are we talking like Star Trek uh The Voyage Home with Whales? Do we have to get whales on a ship right now? That's what I'm No, I no, no, I'm talking a New Hope. Okay. Yeah, I mean we're going we're going old school here. It's going to be slow and plodding, but oppressive for 1977. <laughs> Something like that. But as a kid, as a kid, you don't care how fast or slow it goes. It's just, it was just an amazing movie. I mean, obviously not as amazing as Empire Strikes Back. I don't know of anyone who doesn't think that that was by far the best of pretty much the entire series. Oh, M- Empire. Empire transcends Star Wars as being like a great movie, full stop. Yeah, like Star Wars. Star Wars set the bar. Like A New Hope, Episode Four, the original Star Wars movie set the bar for what science fiction needs to be going forward. But it was definitely flawed, budgetary reasons, production reasons. Oh yeah. Um, Empire Strikes Back really kind of pulled together the idea of the world building that Lucas had in mind the revolutionary technology that they could do at the time and then also getting writers on board that could really breathe life into the characters yeah now empire was just amazing from start to finish yeah but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about episode four now now so we are four episodes in as podcasters that makes us uh experienced it makes us something have you ever been experienced? This is this is this is interesting. Seeing how uh, how far we can take this, but we're going to start off episode four discussing your new venture because this podcasting uh, thing is old hat. Yeah, you know it's you ventured into. I've po- dabbled my toes in the waters, and I'm ready to move on. Bigger and brighter things are waiting for me. So tell me about this uh, new medium, YouTube, that you, you've discovered. Just tell the people about YouTube and why they should spend any time at all looking at, at whatever this, this new internet thingy is. Well, I sit on my butt all day. I sometimes go out and mow my lawn. And I get, I get money from the government. So I get to go out and spend that money on watches. Watches, watches, watches. No, I'm just kidding. I, yeah, I I do like my watches. Do you keep them? Do you keep them laid out in the inside of a trench coat so that you can sell them on the streets in in like back alleys? No, 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 no. Actually, if anything, I I need to get rid of. I have a bunch of watches. I I told myself that I would only keep seven watches, and it used to be six watches because I bought a watch box that will house six watches. So I said, I will do six watches. And then and I said, ah, uh, well, I can always keep one on my nightstand, you know, when I go to bed. So I don't have to, I don't have to get out the watch box and assemble it, you know, put it on its little pillow and, and put it back in the closet. You know, no, no, no. I just, you know, to have a watch that's on the, on the nightstand, ready to go in the morning, you know, so I will keep seven, seven watches. And 
Yeah. We're, so, we're, we're always able to justify anything it is that we want. Yeah, exactly. So I, I said I would only keep seven, and I do. But I have watches that I said if I buy a watch, I will sell the I will sell a watch. I will, it will be replacing a watch. So I've got about four watches that I need to sell to stay honest on that. I haven't worn them, but I do need to sell them. So you 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 did a you did a limit of six with a stretch goal to seven, but currently you're sitting on eleven. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. That's thirteen. <laughs> I actually don't it's even know. I, I would need to go. Reality. I would need to go into my room, and and look at the look at the watches that I have laying around. But it's yo it, dog. I heard you like watches. Yeah, so I do. I like watches, and uh, you know, I have I watch watch videos on YouTube. I don't want to say nonstop, but certainly. And I know it's something that we can probably talk about is our our viewing habits have drastically changed over the years. YouTube is something that now because I don't I don't have cable or TV or you know, I and I live in an area that even with an antenna, unless I put a huge honk on an antenna on my garage, I don't get a lot of channels. Cause where I live, I live between three cities that all have TV stations, but the city that I live in doesn't have one. And so I am equidistant and I can't get that. So I have realized that most of my watching, my entertainment is on YouTube. And it's very often just holding my phone, looking at my phone, whether it's in the car or even at home or if I, you know, I'm laying in bed before I go to sleep, I'm watching a few YouTube videos. So I like watches and I like watching these videos and each one has their own little niche. You know, I've got, uh, you know, you've got... Uh, just one more watch, which is uh, Jody, the Scotsman who lives in Australia, who he basically focuses on the cheap end of watch collecting and just kind of the bargains that you can get. So you can have some really fun, really interesting watches, not necessarily spend a lot of money. And then you've got, you know, you got other watch collectors, which I don't watch that much on, but uh, I think you got Theo and Harris, Teddy Baltazar, uh, Barkin Jack. Uh, the Time Teller is actually one that I've seen a number of his videos and I'm, I'm warming up to him and I'm watching him more and more. I actually subscribed to him recently and he does kind of like all over the place. So one thing I find interesting about YouTube, do, do, do you notice that like each topic kind of gets a community of people that are like big into that topic and they kind of sort of almost revolve around each other and you'll get suggestions because you've watched this channel or that oh, channel. Oh, yes. I mean... My YouTube, and that's something that you easily see because if you watch one or two videos on YouTube, all of a sudden half of your, you know, if you go in a totally different direction, um, I forget what I watched today, and all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, I so I bought that Canon M50. I watched a few videos on different accessories, and now ha like a third of my feed is Canon M50. Uh, part of my feed is, um, I think I watched a. The, the last episode of Family Feud with Richard Dawson, you know, his goodbye speech. And I've got these Family Feud uh, videos being suggested to me. And <laughs> and it's funny because there are actually certain channels that I used to watch a lot. But because I haven't been, I haven't been getting those suggestions because I watched other things, all of a sudden I'll stumble upon it and go, oh my goodness, I haven't seen this in, in a month. Oh, you know? yeah. And I start watching oh, it. Oh, yeah. I love, I love when you like stumble across a channel that you used to watch like a year ago. 
and you're like, I forgot about these people. I have all these videos to watch. <laughs> I guess this is what I'm doing for the next two days. Yeah. Uh, so so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a second to pull up your YouTube feed. Okay. I have my phone in front of me here. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna list out the first uh, half dozen or so channels that come up, just straight off the algorithm. Nothing I've searched for. Um, so first off, because um, we're talking watches, because you you started talking watches and watch YouTubers, um, the advertisement I have is for a Crafter Blue Switch Automatic Dive Watch. Oh so yes, I saw that advertisement they, today as well. Thank you for affecting my algorithm. No problem. Um, the first video I have posted is from Driven Car Reviews. Uh, he used to be affiliated with the New York Times, and he has a post on the new Ford Bronco um, that just debuted today. Nice. Um, the next one is What Culture, um, which is a. Have you ever seen What Culture at all? I have not. not they're sort I... of a large. They're a large network. Um, they're they're British based, um, but they do a lot of like movies and TV shows. But then they also have channels based on. Uh, Star Trek, Doctor Who, wrestling, like all sorts of different things. And each channel pumps out videos like crazy. So Mm -hmm. that's like an endless rabbit hole in and of itself. Oh, yes. Uh, I have uh, the next one is on Yami Noob. Oh, yes. You told me about him earlier. Yeah, he's a he's a he's sort of a motorcycling what to do guru. His is the worst trends in modern motorcycles. Oh, the next one is. um, Oh, is Coasterbot. This is an explainer video for what is Ejinica, which is a 4D roller coaster at Fujiku Highlands in Japan. Um, and for those of you, I, mm. I, I went, to, I've gone down a ro- roller coaster rabbit hole in the last six months. And a 4D roller coaster is one where you have the track mm-hmm. and then you have the car on the track. Mm-hmm. but you are not sitting on the car. You are then sitting next to the car, basically on like a giant post that's on a bearing where your seat can rotate vertically attached to the car. And it has basically like a large beam attached to the track that forces your rotation. So like parts of it, you're going down head first and then parts of it, you're going down backwards and it's all engineered to just make you completely want to vomit. Uh, it's quite amazing. Yeah. That sounds really that. safe. I can picture oh, that now. So good. I was so mad cause we, we had gone to LA back in January. Um, we went to, to magic mountain, six flags, magic mountain, mm-hmm. and they have one of the originals of this design is, is, um, X two. Um, and, both days we were there, it was broken down, so we didn't get to ride it. So that's, bummed, because that's, that's like... Uh, that's really... Uh, yeah, that's encouraging. And then... That builds confidence. Well, they're concerned for safety. Um, and then the last one I'm going to talk about here is the Relax My Dog channel. <laughs> this is TV for dogs. Chill your dog out with this 24-7 TV and music playlist. And so we will put... When we leave the house... We'll put this on on the TV so that Jeffrey, our dog, can have some music going on in the background and some audio and like a little bit of visual cues. And it um, totally keeps him from digging through the trash. So that channel, it's hilarious too because I will get that queued up as my first thing 
in the morning because it thinks that I'm leaving the house and I'm queuing this thing up. I've done it so many times. It's just like, oh, it's it's seven in the morning. Do you want to play dog music? We have dog music. <laughs> sounds like doggy, hip, doggy hypnotism. Human music. This sounds interesting. I like it. <laughs> uh. So what does your YouTube feed look like? If you did the same trick. Actually, let me see. Or do you not want to say? Is it too scandalous? All right. So my YouTube feed. All right. So. Oh, yes. Uh, I forgot to mention Federico Talks Watches. That's the first one. And he is, uh, he's actually a watch dealer in Miami, formerly of Brooklyn. And he deals with, so he's mostly high-end watches. He, he does do some, some more entry-level stuff, but usually Seiko's name brand entry-level stuff. But he uh, he sells, you know, his shop sells, you know, $60,000, $70,000 watches too. So he's uh, kind of the higher end. Uh, then, oh, Tony and Chelsea Northrup. I, li- I really like their channel. Um, let's what's see. their channel like? Uh, what else? Or what's the video? What's the, what's the video that... Chelsea, Chelsea and who Northrop? Okay, so it's it's talking about the new Canon eight, the R five, which is the the new um, mirrorless camera that will be able to shoot in eight K. Uh, and so many Ks. the subject is Sony. The Sony A seven S three has one big advantage over the eight K Canon R five, and I don't know what it is because that's the tease. Clickbait! Clickbait! Yeah. Uh, oh, I got the time teller, and he's uh, he is actually going to review. And this this watch has been out all over the place. Uh, the Swiss made Formix Essence Legera, which is a um, it's a watch that is built largely from carbon fiber. It is extremely light, and it's fairly new, fairly new micro brand. Uh, then I keep seeing this video come up, and I've seen the video three or four times in different times of the, of history, and it's this uh, Hasidic Jew that goes up to the royal guard at Buckingham Palace and makes the, makes the guard laugh. And he's not even that funny, but he's just kind of like a dumb funny. He's like a, you know, he's like a, a Harry Lloyd and Harry. He's like a Harry character, and he just goes up and just, oh, and then I have the the Jay Leto fly. Who basically does all these all these mashup clips of the uh, of the Craig Ferguson show? He used to do the late night show, I think from about oh, okay, 07 yeah. or 08 to about 2016, 15, 14, mm-hmm. something like that. It's funny. I get I get suggestions from people I don't even know. Ian Ian Hippolyte, who is into photography, so studio photography, behind the scenes, how I shoot editorial fashion and portraits. Random Rob, another. Uh, Watch reviewer. He's reviewing the G-Shock GBX100. Oh, and here we go. And from a, I believe it's a Japanese channel, Kittisaurus. Kittisaurus. All they do is they post cat videos. And the videos that get the most views are the ones where they set up these obstacles in the hallway. And they have a number of cats. I think they have about seven or eight cats. And they set up these obstacles. And it's showing how each cat goes through the obstacle. So so today, or the one that they released a week ago, is the kneading challenge. Cats on a memory foam mat. And they've had cat <laughs> they've had cats with uh 
with bubble tape or bubble wrap. Um, cat, they built a uh, they built a clear wall of saran wrap with you know with basically the tiniest gap at the bottom where a cat could go through, or if they are if they're limber enough, they could jump over. But it was showing how each cat goes through goes through these things, and then um, and then one of my favorite channels. It's one of those that anytime a video pops up. This this uh, this guy is from the Philippines. I don't know if he actually lives in the Philippines currently, but he does um, he does uh, not recreations. What do you call uh, oh simulations? But simulate simulation simulator recreations of airplane accidents. Oh, is that the guy that it's like it's like a cartoon of like the people on board like they're like. They sort of like animate the the voices from the black box and everything to kind of show what what happened well, in, a, in a plane crash. Well, what he does? No, it's not quite. So what he does okay. is he recreates them, and he basically just uh, he just captions what's going on. So there's no oh, voiceover. Okay. There's no acting. There's no. Uh, and he usually takes. So when he shows, uh, if he show if he has to show inside the plane because maybe a fire starts coming up inside the you know inside the fuselage or inside the cockpit he doesn't show people almost always he doesn't show like individuals it's just a simulator so he's just showing a simulator with empty seats with an empty cockpit but as if people are are there and he basically walks you through every step of what happens in that incident and and sometimes he and if if he does have any um any audio from the from the cockpit voice recorder, the CVR, or if they have audio from the um, air traffic controllers, he'll add that if it's, you know, if that's been made available. So, um, yeah, he does the entire entire scene, and he usually releases them right at midnight, uh, at least at least midnight Eastern time. So there's times where I'm, all of a sudden I'll get a little notification, and the first thing I do before I even look at the notification is, what time is it? It's 12.02! <gasps> And his uh, e- so his name is East, Eastern his Eastern name. Daylight his Eastern na- Daylight Savings Time the one true time zone exactly Alec Joshua Ibe is uh, his name but plane yeah, crashes fun stuff fun stuff but definitely definitely yes, heavy plane on crashes are all, plane crashes are always fun stuff and plane crashes are well they're they're interesting I don't say they're fun but they're interesting they they and, are fascinating they are absolutely fascinating and, and, like everything that goes into Oh yeah, and the interesting thing to me is that actually some people would say, "Oh, I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch YouTube videos on plane crashes because it'll make me n- more nervous to fly." And actually, for me, it does the exact opposite because it's I've I mean, he's got hundreds of videos that are out there, so he's got many, 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 if not most of the plane commercial plane crashes and even some military and private plane crashes that have occurred. But it's interesting to see. The crashes from the 60s, actually even the 50s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and then the 80s you had a slew of them because uh, air traffic increased greatly, and we still didn't understand things like wind shear, and we didn't, we weren't able to predict, we didn't have the, me- the capability to measure wind shear quite accurately yet. By the late 80s, we started to, and by the early 90s, most of the natural phenomenon we've been able to compensate for or figure out or predict ahead of time. And 
and the planes have only gotten more and more safe. Now, granted, you know, plane crashes have still happened. The 737 MAX is... Everything that went into those two plane crashes happening is just atrocious because it takes the confidence that I think that we've been able to build in the lack of crashes and kind of subverts that a bit. But a lot of that was... A lot of that was due to greed on mankind's part, but whatever. Yeah. But it- I, 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 I feel like the 737 MAX is the airplane version. Okay, bear with me here for a second. No, boy. I know you're going on somewhere. All right, I'm going to. It is the airplane version of what Jurassic Park was trying to explain. The original Jurassic Park movie <laughs> was that like you can you can make all these decisions and account for everything and oh we spared no expense and we we you know we 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 took this venerable design that's tried and tested and we've been flying this thing for fifty years and and we're just going to put the latest and greatest engines on it and put put computer you know and and it's going to be easy to use and all the pilots will be trained and it's like uh yeah. And then it became a total death trap because it's uncontrollable when it gets... You have one control module for it that if that sensor fails, the anti-dive system starts to click in and it's not able to be manually overridden and the thing will just drive itself into the ground. Well, see, that's not altogether true. And And that is actually part of the problem is that this was a new system that they equipped onto an old plane. And the problem is, is that the FAA allowed Boeing to self-regulate and to self-certify. And so it was, and part of part of the deal as well was because there was such new computerization on this 737 MAX that really they should have had pilot training with simulator, you know, and that's the thing too, is that they actually build custom simulators for every specific type of aircraft. And you have to be certified on every aircraft in order to fly it. And really, they should there should have been a new simulator with every pilot going through this training so that they would know if something like this happened, they would be able to override it. But the problem was is that they never had to. And so that was that was a big part of the problem. That the, those planes could have been overridden, but it was very, very difficult to do. And and if you didn't know how or if you weren't familiar, terribly familiar, then in that moment where the plane is so violently pitching up and pitching down, it you know, it was virtually impossible if you weren't if you weren't trained for that to be able to do it. Yeah, it would be it'd be like coming out of a coming out of like an old Chevy pickup from the seventies and you get into like a modern Chevy pickup and okay, let's put a lever in the same place. But uh it's going to do something totally different or it's going to react totally differently. Or there's a computer in the middle that's doing something totally differently. And you think that, oh, if I do this, you know, it's always done this. It's always been the same, but nope, nope. Now it's going to react differently. And there's, you need to learn that ahead of time. It, it is, it is interesting where, yeah, it is interesting where education and training and regulation really coordinated to make that yeah. such a disastrous situation. And, I, it's going to be interesting to see where Boeing comes out of this because since air travel is is almost non-existent right now, anyways, because of the coronavirus, yeah, and um, and you you tack that on after the whole seven thirty seven Max debacle, and where are they going to go? Are they going to are they going to be able to refit these planes to make them work? Are they going to be able to 
design a new plane? Are, are, are mm. anybody even going to need any of these planes? Is air travel going to stay s- suppressed for the next decade? Who knows yeah. where we're going to be at? There's actually a YouTube t- a YouTube channel that I also enjoy. It's it's actually a fairly young guy. His the name of his he's his name is Colby, and it's Colby explains and he spells it explains. P-L-A-N-E-S. So instead of the correct version, he gives that little aeronautical twist to it. But he is very, very well spoken. And he explains things very, very well. Um, and and not only just, you know, the, the you know, it and it's not just the planes themselves, but it's the economics and what drives certain airlines to success or failure with certain plane manufacturers to, from success to failure. And... Um, so he's been on top of the 737 Max. I mean, quite a few people have, but ultimately, it's 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 upsetting because that didn't have to happen. And the 737 is, like anything, a very safe plane on its own. And that's that's been the amazing thing is. So I'm watching this. Uh, so uh, Alec Joshua Ibe, and watching his videos, and it's funny because there have been you know, a number of accidents through the 90s and the 2000s and even the 2010s. But most of those are usually human error now. So things happen on planes, but the plane the, the plane design, has become, especially with computer modeling, we understand aerodynamics much better. They're able to make planes more robust, safer, lighter, more efficient. And when they do this, it's, you know, we've got so much knowledge that planes don't just break and plummet to the ground. They might have before. When the DC-10 was released, they had an issue with the rear car- cargo door that it wasn't locking properly because they didn't label it properly and someone on the outside could close it and not lock it. And they were blowing out. And when they blow out, it sucks the backside of the plane out and it causes, you know, and planes would just fall from the sky because of a door. It, those types of things are pretty much gone. It's usually either human greed, you know, maybe a bad captain or a bad, you know, someone that's not doing their due diligence. Uh, or, you know, I mean, a plane gets shot out of the sky like in Iran or, yeah, the Iranian plane, the, the plane in the Ukraine, the one that was going, I think, the Malaysian flight. Um, it's not, they just don't, they don't fail in a catastrophic way like they used to. So it's for me it's interesting watching all these videos because modern crashes are almost never from catastrophic plane failure. Almost never, I can't say never. But in the it's the safety factor is increased by exponentially from planes and that's the thing I remember flying planes through the 80s and 90s and to think of what could have happened as to now I walk on a plane and it's, hey, you know, I, I trust that this plane, even if something goes wrong, will get me down, you know, fairly safely. So I, I think that's where the 737 MAX um, situation is so shocking because it stands out as being this outlier in the current, you know, safe model. I mean, before before those two crashes... I mean, didn't we go through a couple of years basically like without plane crashes? It was, it was, we were getting on a, an insane run of safety. So here's, here's the thing. We had, I think it was about a 10 year period between 
deaths related to a plane crash or plane failure on a on it was it was a 10 year period where there were no deaths on a domestic flight a commercial domestic flight in the US um there's been incidents overseas there's been incidents you know going back and forth yeah, but had, but in the United yeah, like that States Mala- what was it was a Malaysian flight that just like disappeared out of the Indian Ocean yeah when was that 2013 14 something like that whatever it was but i mean yeah that was yeah and that's the thing we don't know what happened with that it it would be you know there's questions on foul play or you know it's it's hard to it's hard to know but there was one there was one death I, it was that southwest airlines flight i forget where it was exactly but the engine blew mid flight and the engine actually exploded out and came through uh, one of the windows. And a woman who was sitting in the window seat, unfortunately, was killed. But that has been the... And that's currently the only... Uh, of a commercial, a domestic commercial flight in the U.S., that's been the only death now in 11, 12 years. I, I don't know the exact number, but it's a very long period of time. And to think one death, that's impressive. That's incredible, really. Yeah, especially when like I mean, you and I, we both we both are chauffeurs, and we we drive. You know, when when people were flying, when people were flying, yes. Pregnant pause. Um, you know, we were in and out of the airport four, five, six, seven times a day, and you know, we got used to looking at trackers, and you'd see how many planes would be up in the air at any one point in time. The amount of air traffic that went on is mind-boggling and to have that safety record is quite impressive but to be fair every time i got on a plane i still needed a couple of drinks just to chill out what are you serious are you a nervous flyer um no not flying i have no issue flying i have no issue with the idea of her even though i'm afraid of heights i have no no issue with the idea of hurtling in a metal tube thousands of feet in the air that's not the issue it's a claustrophobia uh i i i do not do well with claustrophobia so i need to have a couple of drinks i need to have a book i bury my head on my book and i just kind of get lost in it for the one two five hours however long i'm on that plane for to just zone out because otherwise i will just be like i need to get up i need to walk around i'm just stuck here i can't even take this anymore get me Mm. out of here like it's the claustrophobia, not even the flying. Really? The flying, I find, I find hilarious. I love flying. Yeah. Well, hey, fly now. No problems there. No claustrophobia whatsoever. <laughs> I could just lay across all the seats and nobody would care. I know. Part of me is wishing that I could just get on planes right now because to know that you would have an empty seat next to you is the fat man's flying dream. <laughs> see, see, this, this uh, is this is where I benefit from being married to a smaller woman. Hey, so we just we just put that that armrest up, and I steal some of her space, and she's like, "Hey, I don't need to ask for a disease covered blanket because I've got this giant sweating Hulk next to me to keep me warm." I have this giant heat blowing thing next to me. <laughs> Occasionally blowing heat out both ends. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh. No, I love flying. I really do. I, there's nothing about... I have to be... 
in a very, 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 very tight quarters to to not like to fly, which sometimes happens. I mean, it's I'm not comfortable on a lot of planes, which is why I actually never fly. I try never to fly a Boeing 737 or even a 757. Uh, that's why I love JetBlue. Between their Airbus A320, their A319s, 20s, and 21s, and then their Embraer uh, 175s, or no, 195s, I think it is. All of those seats are nice and wide. So even if I'm sitting next to someone, I just plunk myself in the window seat. I get all I get all cozy with myself. I kind of pull myself towards the window, you know, and just enjoy the flight. And if you have the dough, do premium economy. That's a, a that made me that made me want to. I loved uh, when we went to Europe last year, and we flew premium economy crossing the pond. So, British Airways seven seventy seven going out, that Airbus A three eighty coming back, and that was so comfortable because you get that X. And people say, oh, you don't get much. You pay more money, but you don't get the food's not really any better. It's the service is a little bit better. The food can sometimes be better, maybe not. But the space that you have for someone our size, and especially my size, is great. But I love flying. It's flying's great. I man, if I could, fl- if if I if my job would allow me to fly, I would. That would be that would be awesome. I'm not afraid of it. See, at all. see, see. The problem that I run into is the 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 claustrophobia I run into also fights then with my innate sense of cheapness, where. Like if 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 I could spend you know fifty bucks less and they would just fold me up and shove me in the overhead compartment, <laughs> I might, I might. Um, when we when we flew to when we flew to L.A., um, we had a direct flight home, but we actually connected through Philly on the way out because the flight was like forty bucks cheaper that way. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and all the flights they were like. We flew, um, we flew American, and it was their like super cheap one pound hot dog buffet economy version, <laughs> and um, so like you you got nothing, and you didn't even get an assigned seat. Like we'll assign you the seats, so it's like okay, all right. And but it, you know the great thing about now, like back back in the back in the day, back in like the eighties when you would like get a travel agent in order to like book tickets because you couldn't like suss anything out. Now you now like saying sus okay. all the time. You've said that now many I'm times. I'm sorry. I will desus. I, I I've developed an affinity for the term sus in the last few months, and maybe I will try to weed it out, or maybe maybe it will become a thing of the podcast. Who knows? Oh, dear Lord. Um, but what I do love is being able to go. Okay, I'm flying this route. What do I do? I'm flying this airline on this. What do I do? And somebody somewhere will explain the tips and tricks and so it was basically like okay book it don't select anything don't check in don't do anything until the last minute because what people will do is they'll want to sit up near the front or they'll start filling in like the middle rows with the people that spend the super economy version Mm -hmm. and so if you want to sit two people next to each other on the economy version there'll be likely two seats but towards the back. And so, you know, we flew three separate flights on this vacation and each time we were able to sit next to each other. And the only thing I had to do was on our leg back, I, um, I paid for a a seat swap and I think it was like $11 Mm -hmm. and we saved like, you know, 
60 bucks a piece on each leg to do it the cheap way. So it was just like, okay, how can we, how can we work through this system in order to, to save the money and yet sit next to each other? And yeah, it was a bit of a dice roll, but it worked out beautifully. Or you could be like your in-laws and save the $37 and fly through Chicago midway to get to Texas. Chicago backdoor middle of a neighborhood yeah, airport. You know, if I'm going to connect in, say, Dallas, you know, and it's like a two or three hour drive or, you know, connect, I don't know, any place but Chicago or Actually, I don't even think Atlanta's that bad because their weather is typically not going to be too bad. But, man, Chicago, Chicago I saw, to connect through. Whew. I saw a man. He danced with his wife. Anyway. <laughs> worst worst city song ever was that Sinatra song about Chicago. That's pathetic. <laughs> so, YouTube. Yes. So, we've talked about a bunch of illustrious YouTubers, and James... Um, You've stepped into the oh, I stepped into waters something that is YouTube. Oh yeah, so 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 you posted a video on YouTube, <laughs> which makes you infinitely more YouTuber than I am because I have never posted a video on YouTube. So congratulations on that! Oh, Yay! Thank Stepping you. into new ventures, new ventures, and so as as a non YouTuber but seasoned YouTube viewer. We're going to discuss this. Ah, uh, fun. Yes, we're going to learn a lot tonight. Because <laughs> because in making that first video, I already know many, many, many things I never want to do again. So 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 we're I don't know if we're going to learn a lot, but we're going to we're going to complain a lot. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's what I figured. So, my first complaint. Oh, we're going on Oh, so we're starting with cons. All right. All right, I, so I guess we're saving the best for last then if there's any best. No, no, we're going we're going procedurally. We're going we're going through in a linear we're, we're, it's it's as it washes over you. It's like it's like when you watch a movie. It's from start to finish. You know, there's pros, there's cons, but it's it's from, you know, when do those when does it start right. to when do those credits roll? All right, let's get this over with. All right, so you were saying, "Hey, I've I've posted a YouTube video." I'm like, "Oh, cool. I want to see this." <laughs> so I said, "Okay, what's the name of your channel?" He's like, well, it's it's my name, James Pappas. So if if anybody wants to try this, you do a search for James Pappas, and that's uh, P-A-P-P-A-S, on YouTube. Everyone's going to know about me now. That's the whole idea, is everybody knowing about you. Yeah, I've basically signed off any privacy that I ever wish to have in my life again. Ooh, 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 you came up in the search feed. That didn't happen before. Hey. Um, but there's videos that, so the one I got was James Pappas last lecture. I get And it's, it's some, some kid in his basement wearing an Arizona Diamondbacks hat, which is just amazing looking. <laughs> um, there's Briggs, Tyler Lombard and James Pappas, and they're wearing like matching black and silver jackets. Um, and they're in front of, is that a blackboard? I have no idea what's going on there. Um, then there's man who killed president's doctor held 20 year old grudge police say, uh, that's an interesting one. Oh, I've got, I've got great, great. Uh, then there's James Pappas with the 1973 coupe de Ville. That's uh, <laughs> not my, Joseph, not, not my oh, favorite type of Cadillac, but Hey, it's Cadillac. 
Then there's IKA Crosslighting Gangland History, James T. Pappas, Director of Photography, and the uh, the still image is of a man in a KKK hood. Whoa. Yeah. Yikes. So, I then suggest that you look up James Pappas' channel to to clarify whether you're looking for a video about James Pappas or video from James Pappas. And you are fourth down the list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven channels named James. See, Pappas. I was hoping I'd be the only one because, well, I won't say it because <laughs> I got in pretty early into Google, but uh, oh well. Now, now okay. there, 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 there are people. There are people who have channels that are just their own name. There's plenty you of know, people. there are people. There are plenty of people like that. I, I think of like um, Marcus Brownlee. I don't know if you've w- ever watched any of his videos, but he does a lot of tech reviews. Okay. Um, and very high quality, but he he's got a unique name. Um, Tom Scott. He's another YouTuber. He does a lot of like educational stuff. Not a unique um, name. He was b- not a unique name. But he got on early and built up a huge repertoire. So I'm not saying you can't build a following around James Pappas. But if you want somebody to find you, you're lost in the weeds. So you're either going to have to do a lot of work to build that up or maybe make up a channel name around that that you can work with. Okay. Well, that's the plan, because, I mean, obviously, the nice thing about it is that none of those other James Pappases has really anything of any note, not 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 a huge number of videos or a huge number of views. So it's not like I'm it's not like it's not like I'm walking on. It's not like my name is Teddy Baltazar and I want to talk about watches. And there's already a guy named Teddy Baltazar who basically owns half the YouTube Internet extravaganza when it comes to watches. Exactly. Yes. So, but, if anybody is looking for this video, when they search James Pappas' channel, you want to find the one where you see a rather devilishly handsome person staring back at you. <laughs> of course, everybody says we look alike, so that's slightly self-serving. Um, and that's he's a lot. A, a, he has a, a, a scarf. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot my profile picture still up there. With, with the coat, with the, with the collar popped up jauntily as if it's the 1980s waiting waiting to get beamed up from the uss enterprise yeah there's like some kind of like suction machine ready to like suck him up into a spaceship <laughs> behind him i have no idea what's going on there. that is that is a that is a vent from a subway car in montreal yeah maybe there you go it's funny because it's it's something that i know what it is so i don't think about it but other people go what are you standing under and i'm thinking it's a vent on a subway car. Not the not the biggest of deals, but it does seem to grab people's attentions. So so when you click on this channel, you will find a video <laughs> with with a with a still shot. You know, every video has its sort of like money shot that it's trying to go. I for. could not get the thumbnail correct. I'm sorry. No, but you know what? I like it. It's got some moody lighting. It feels warm. It's a bit, it's a bit sort of like, 
Yeah, it's very cozy looking. The lighting is very nice. A lot of YouTubers, when they're doing reviews, they want to have like bright, shiny, poppy lighting. And I feel like this is more what you would see it in its natural environment. Okay. Thank you. Another thing I love, when you open up this video, a lot of people, they do unboxing videos. And you can tell that that device has been unboxed previously. Mm. That this thing has been gone through. There are no surprises. Everything is planned, well laid out in advance. You start off with a FedEx envelope. You start off with an uncooperative FedEx envelope. <laughs> um, I all? love that. Oh, goodness. Oh, there's nothing worse than you get the Amazon uh, Prime envelope that has the perforations, but it's so horribly put together that the perforations are like two different spots and you're like trying to rip it to like get it to come open and there's no way it's happening. Okay, so before you go any further, I think what you did is you watched my unedited video because that's one of the mistakes that I made is that I actually did, I had to do a voiceover because... It is very difficult to work with a camera and try to unbox at the same time because you're working behind the camera and you got your hands in front of the camera. I know there's other ways you can do it, but I wanted to get this video done. I put the tripod on the table. I went nuts. So what happened was is <laughs> the uncooperative FedEx bag, I go for the pull tab and it breaks. Now, the first video that I posted, I didn't realize was the wrong video. So on the second one, the one that is on there now, it just shows me basically cutting the top of the cutting the top of the bag open by the pull tab. So you actually don't see the all the magic of failure on a YouTube video. So I don't know if that's what uh, if you're referring to the first or the second video. It it's the one that's six minutes and forty nine seconds long, right? Oh yes. So then yeah. that that's the new yeah, video. Yeah, you, you you mentioned the broken pull tab, but then you show yourself cutting it open with your trusty scissors. Uh, okay, good. Good. All right, never mind. Okay. Go on. So I love that. I love that sort of, this is real, this is coming, this is how it would come right from your doorstep. The problem that I run into, and one of them is a production issue that I'm sure this is your first unboxing video, mm -hmm. you had focusing issues. Oh, yes. Yes. That That's fully understandable. So basically, you know, just from the future before you set up, just basically do a dummy unboxing with something you have open to get the focusing in and then when you're actually unboxing it hopefully your focusing will come in because you've already gauged it yeah the one thing i was noticing is you did a voiceover on this because you were saying you were having audio issues with the original content which i like um there's two ways of doing the unboxing. There's one where it's purely reactionary. It's it's as you see it, uh, you feel very much along with the person. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other kind where you're unboxing it for the first time on camera, but then the voiceover is metering out all the different aspects and getting it right. I feel like you're in this weird middle ground here <laughs> where... You have the voiceover, so you've already gone through to fix the situation, and yet the voiceover feels like your first time going through any of this information. Yeah. Um, I, I almost feel like if you're going to go through that effort of voiceover, you have to script it. Well, about that. 
about that. I've had a busy weekend. And the problem is, is that I, you know, I made the investment in this watch. And it's really the investment was to try to get, because I've been wanting to start a YouTube watch channel for a little while. Just, you know, especially since lockdown, it's, I figured why not try to do that. And I have, I think I have some uh, perspectives from my, I think my perspective is unique on watches and watch collecting and 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 what people think are good watches, bad, whatever. There's a lot there that I think I could bring that would be unique. That would be me. But it was just a matter of getting started on this. And for me, everything about YouTube is so new that, you know, I, I've been able to work a camera. I know how cameras work, but, you know, part of the problem was is I'm trying to film this video at 2 o'clock in the morning. Stupid. Because one, mentally I'm not all there. Two, the lighting is horrible. Honestly, where I should have been filming is on my little white table that's in my sunroom, you know, mm. in the middle of the day. That would have been perfect. Because honestly... Ooh, with the natural lighting? A, a, oh, yeah. A white table with very little reflection. You know, if the sunlight's high and it's not shining directly, will give you the perfect background to see a watch clearly. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I tried to do. But unfortunately, it was nighttime, and the, the light that I had wasn't where it was creating too many shadows. So I went into this, and I said the best place that I could find with lighting, with the angle. I used my my widescreen, uh, my wide 17-millimeter Canon lens um, was on that table with that light. And so it was uh, – and the problem was I wanted to get that video recorded, edited, and out over this weekend because – that is a brand new watch. The watch that's on that channel is a brand new watch, and it's from a brand that's that's it's a micro brand, which means they don't have this huge amount of production. But when they produce a watch, it's usually very very, uh, it's a desirable watch. So and you, you've garnered some interest because there's seven views on here. Really? Yeah. So I mean, I've I've clicked on it now twice. How many times have you watched it? Uh, just just once on my device. So, so there's probably four people out there that are going, what is this guy talking about? Yeah, and that's why I wanted to get it out quickly. And, and my debate to myself was, should I skip the unboxing or should I just try to... Because it was going to need to be heavily edited because between that video that I did that night and then, and then the last part of the video, I actually brought it up to my desk upstairs... I used my ring light. I kind of got a little bit more intimate on the lighting to make the, you know, to make the watch pop a little bit. And got to see the back of some receiver or something on the ground that had a cord. Yeah, from the that yeah, I that's no my that's my uh, that's my headphone amp and my uh, <laughs> my headphones in the background. A little bit of uh, you know, just get a little bit of widen the spectrum of interest there. But I had the air conditioner on in the background, and so. I was debating, should I turn this off? But it was so hot Friday night that I said, you know what? At that point, I knew that I knew that the first part wasn't the way I wanted it to be. So I figured at that point, I'm just going to record this and do a voiceover. So it took me all day yesterday. I basically spent all of my Sunday afternoon, beautiful day here in central Massachusetts, on my computer... I've been f- and beautiful Worcester! I've been fiddling around with this thing for half a day now. But it was it was a bit of a hassle, and ultimately the finished product isn't what I wanted it to be. But it started to come to the point of, do you want to make this thing much better? But it's an unboxing video. 
So in an unboxing video, you kind of want it to just be like, let me see this thing. I want to see this thing. Open this thing up. And I figure if it shows me unboxing it, and if you can see the watch, granted the focus kept going in and out and I had to keep adjusting, and I cut out a lot. I probably cut out about five or six minutes of constant refocusing because I was using a, you know, my lens is an autofocus. Oh, and so I finally got to that the point where I been, That must have been absolutely infuriating. And it was, and that's the problem with your lighting. When your lighting's not good and it's inconsistent and you're moving something around it is going to constantly autofocus. So... Uh, yeah, I learned a lot. And I think what I would do is from now on, and not from now on, I don't want to say that, because I have good equipment, I can certainly put together a nice, I know I could put together a nice polished video, script, you know, script what I want, what I want to say. Um, and, and if I do another unboxing video, you know, practice working with the camera in front of me, but also either with this, not, I don't have to script an unboxing necessarily. Might maybe script certain points that I want to focus on, but whatever. But, I think going to using I have a great phone that that takes some fantastic video and it actually it actually does a better job focusing up close than my than any lens that I currently have on any of my cameras. So I will probably do the next few videos with my phone and kind of get used to that and it's also easier if I want to upload something uh be able to upload it directly from the phone than using the computer although you can edit more. But you know, it was kind of making the conscious decision. I'm, I'm like, hey, this is not a review video. It's an unboxing. I know it doesn't sound great. The production is poor. But people will get to see me opening something and get to see this brand new watch that, that as to date, only one watch reviewer currently has a video on. And his is strictly an unboxing video. So in the next few weeks, I'm going to get used to this watch. I'm wearing it right now. See that, Andrew? Ooh. And... Um, that's and, that's good audio right there. Yeah, and I will work on uh, I will work on the production. Now that I've done it once, there's certain things that I know to avoid. So, yeah. will my next video be perfect? Absolutely not. Will it be as highly produced as I would like it to be? As other watch channels be? Absolutely not. Um, but the encouraging thing is, and I know you probably have a few more things to say, but the guy who does the oh, just yeah. one more oh, watch, yeah. so Jody from the Scotsman from Australia. His videos are so well produced. Now, granted, he can speak to a to a camera very well. He's very well spoken. You can tell he either does some sort of public speaking or he's very well versed in speaking to some sort. And his and I look at his video and I swear he probably just puts a phone on a tripod, aims it towards him, you know, aims it towards himself. In the corner of his room, he's got a nice bookshelf with watches on the, a couple of watch winders up on the top of the bookshelf. And he puts on a, he wears a different t-shirt every time. And he's got this great Scotsman voice. And I'll tell you, he can do, when he does his uh, Sean Connery, it's fantastic. But he's Scots, so of course. But, and all he does is basically talks into the camera. And then he does some shots where it's just the watch with the background. And, you know, he'll show like, you know, he'll show it on a, uh, you know, he's got a meter which will tell you the accuracy of the watch. And, uh, you know, sometimes he'll take his his uh, measurement tools out and give you, like, measurements of things. But he usually doesn't. He usually just tells them what they are. And the only other thing that he does is he'll take the watch outside and he'll go, here's an outdoor shot. And he'll just be like, here's under the natural sunlight. Or if it's raining or whatever, here's under natural light. And he just shows the watch on his wrist. And he'll give you, like, a profile shot so you can see down his arm. And it's, ooh, sorry, I almost spilled my water. 
but it's very, very simple. But he does it so well that you don't realize it's a very simple production. He just He's so polished in the way he speaks. And the great thing about it is go back and watch his very first video. He gets an Orient Bambino, which was my first automatic watch, my first like real watch when I started getting into the hobby. And that video, the lighting is putrid. His he's not scripting anything. He's just kind of he's got he's got honestly it looks like he's it looks like he put the watch on his nightstand next to his bed with his well he's married now but he wasn't at the time but his girlfriend or fiance or whatever sleeping there and he has to talk very quietly and he's just gonna tell you a little bit about the watch and it's not detailed it's not like you look at that video and you look at what he does now and it's amazing that that's the same person so when I look at the unboxing video I'm like hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I look at his first video and to see what he does now, it's 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 pretty cool. So, you know, certainly just in this, just in recording this video, I learned a ton, and it's basically a lot of what not to do. So, did you have anything else that you want to nail me to the nail me to the ground for? Oh yeah, <laughs> of oh, <course>. yeah. <laughs> So I, I, you know, in in response to your last ten minutes of of defending first well youtube videos started it (laughs) um i want to say first off i'm i'm you know i've 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 listened to other podcasters i've watched other youtubers and what everybody says is get something get something out make something so the fact that you've gone ahead and and made this video Mm -hmm. as your this is me starting this um i think is great you know, so so I don't want this to come across as any kind of put down of like, what are you doing coming into the world of YouTube? And me? that's a whole point. Oh, of you're YouTube, a YouTuber now, that... huh? You big goof. Yeah. yeah. What? You got a phone where you can hit record and upload? Wow, you're something special. <laughs> but really, that's what it is. It's it's starting something, trying it, and seeing what works. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't want any of this to come across of like mocking you for like what are you trying to do here, you know. I think it's great, and I think there's there's some good potential here, that that I think you definitely have some some stuff here to build on. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you're my brother, so I'm gonna chew into you at some point here, and we're doing this podcast, so this is perfect fodder. And so, you're 30 uh, miles away, and there's COVID, and you know I can't come up and beat the snot out of you. <laughs> okay, so. All right, what else? Hurry up. Back to this review. Um, so the whole initial part, you have this thing with the voiceover where you like talk about something as like you're getting ready to do something, and then there's like this long pause while you're cutting something open in the video or r- rotating something or turning and showing something where you're not talking at all. Mm-hmm. And we're not seeing the watch yet. Like you're still like cutting tape. We're trying to move something. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I probably just can't do like the fast forward to like get up to a point where there's something more interesting to but watch I at. Can. And then, yeah, and then you get to like the last two minutes. I'm like, he does have that ability. Why didn't he do that two minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, this because, should be a three and a half my, minute video. My sticker peeling skills off a watch were atrocious, especially when I'm trying to do it around a camera. And I'm like, I can't do this. I was like ready to just, just, walk away yeah so so when you've got something 
Because if you're doing a legit unboxing, which you did, which I loved, I love that, you know, you didn't start with a perfectly polished box from the manufacturer, but you started with the envelope as it showed up on your doorstep. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that, that's awesome, but that means you're going to have some dead space. And feel free to just fast forward where we're not seeing any real money shots. Yeah. You know, if you're just trying to cut something open or slide something out, it's like go ahead and cue it up to the next point where you see something interesting that you can then talk about. Yeah. Um, and you, you got that at the end where you were peeling the stickers off. You needed more of that at the beginning to kind of keep the pace popping. Yeah, and especially where um, you don't see the product yet. And that's the thing. that Of, of everything that I saw is... You know, every recommendation that I saw was when you start a video, whatever it is, you need to get people engaged within those first 10, 15 seconds. Because that's where if you click a video and if someone's just casually looking, they'll they'll click next or they'll just exit out if if they didn't mean to click on you or if they just if you were just a recommended a recommended look, it's they won't stick around. So um, I do know that. I think I think a large part of that was just, you know, I don't want to say time constraints, but yeah, I just wanted to get that video out. And by the time I think Sunday, you know, last night came around, it hey, was hey, just, hey, hey, I need to get this hey. done. I, I understand that. I totally get that. This is stuff for you to take for the next time you do this. Leave this here. This 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 can never change. Andrew, this video see, will never change. Can you change. see what's behind me? Uh, a room. No, it's called a choir, and you're preaching to it. Okay, so this this video can never change, and all I'm doing is telling you that fast-forwarding bit you did at the end, do more of that. <laughs> do more of that. If I want to say okay. anything, fast-forward through it. The, the, the other thing is, the other thing is, okay. the only other piece of real criticism I have here okay. is... You mentioned the water resistance of the watch, that it was a 500-meter watch. Mm -hmm. And you said that's very impressive. I need to know why that's very impressive. Okay. If I'm not into watches, I need to know know that, like, like, 50 is, like, your bare minimum, like, I'm going to wash hands wearing this watch. 100 is your bare minimum, like, I can dip into a pool. 300 is, like, you can go swimming and do some basic diving. And 500 is, like, a legit legit dive watch. I agree. We need to know that. All right, I agree. However, 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 honestly, that that is something for a review. That, if I'm doing an unboxing, then it's usually someone that's interested in the watch itself and it has a general knowledge about that. There's going to be things that I will at least mention. Like, I really wanted to talk about... Because one of the things that's really difficult with this watch is how small the numbers are on the bezel. Because this is the first watch that I've seen that actually has a GMT bezel and a dive bezel in the same. But that makes the numbers very, very small and, for me, very difficult to read. Some with good eyesight... Even someone with good eyesight is going to have a problem reading it. But the problem was is that's... If I start going into that, now granted, I had all that dead space at the beginning, but I haven't seen the watch yet. So, it it is, that is something for a review video, which is coming. Um, I'm not going to go into everything. I'm just basically, that, that's basically just to open the box, show you the watch, give you some basics on it, just and just for you to soak it in and to see it. If I want to get into water resistance, which 500 meters is impressive... 
that I mean I could bring that up I could briefly talk about it you know maybe I could have done that but most of the people that are watching an unboxing video that's not something that they care about they just want to see the watch so did you mention the price at all did I mention what the price I did not I remember I don't I did not yeah let's just say it's not cheap it's a uh, <laughs> it's Trump <laughs> but like I said this this watch was an investment for the channel because it is brand new and I think it's a gorgeous I think the dial is gorgeous and I think it's going to be even though it's a high priced watch it's they make them in limited quantities this is actually the serial number on this was 71 out of 100 so there's only going to be 100 made of this particular colorway on this model so it's I think it's going to be a highly desirable watch and probably one that will sell out probably by the end of the summer and no one had no one had a review no one had talked about it uh there's Zelos has a very very rabid fan base and there's a number of watch reviewers that will get early models and they'll very often have a review of the watch where they've had it for a month or two they'll get a pre-production and then they'll they'll be able to release the review right as they're getting ready to ship them out so this was an instance where I see the watch it's available to purchase I see nothing on YouTube about it so it was like you know what buy this watch because it's going to be hot and this could be the watch that gets the YouTube channel jumping you know if I'm going to start I could start with the same the same basic very basic Orient Bambino YouTube video that Jody did three and a half four years ago what about a what about a Snoopy Casio he actually has a Mickey Mouse Invicta Ooh. So, I mean, he's, he's and he said, that's a, and the, and that's the thing. It's I look at these guys who just love watches, and they started by doing, I, hey, I can just do YouTube videos of talking about watches, and and not to sound greedy, but man, a lot of these guys get so many free watches to review. It's like here, review our watch, review our watch, and they give it. It's like they give it away, and it's oh, yeah. it's like. You know, not that I'm looking to get free watches. That's that's not it. If I never get, if no, if if a vendor never approaches me and says, "Hey, we want you to review our watch," but I've got a handful of watches. I like to buy watches, sell watches. If I can review it and get some sort of following, and it it allows me the time to to pass the time, to talk about something that I like, and who knows where it goes. But just just the just the fact that I get to do something that I do enjoy, actually, kind of like doing this podcast. I hate to say it. As much as you annoy the crap out of me, and as for as few podcasts that I listen to, I will say that spending time just talking about this stuff, and hopefully soon, now that we're on episode four, you start making the 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 pod waves, internet what it waves, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's actually it's actually something fun to do. So, well, I I want I want to fight you on that point uh, very directly. On what point? Because, because I talked about like nine because, different points there. Okay, I'm in this for the swag. I want people to be sending me crap. I want boxes just literally littering my front steps that I'm going to be like, I have to dispose of all this cardboard every day. That's my goal with this podcast. So let's hope we get there and you and your philanthropist ways. And okay, so another thing I want to clarify. You said um, 
Yeah, so I, I this was not an inexpensive watch, and I made this purchase for the channel. Everybody, we want to translate that as, this watch is a tax write-off. No, that's true. That is true. <laughs> you, I'm, you didn't even think about that, did well, you? Well, I'm looking, I'm looking at everything in front of me that I basically have purchased for to try to advance a career. Whatever that career could be, if it's going to be working from home, because that's the thing. I mean, our job, is that going to come back to full strength anytime soon? Probably not. So, yeah. you know, I've got my, you know, I've got my new cameras. I've got my, you know, I've got all sorts of new office peripherals coming up. I've got my home studio. And, you know, hey, if, yeah, if we can, you know, if we can, if we can find even a small amount of people who find this mildly entertaining, then, you know, if we can make a, something of a, if it's a supplemental part to our careers or if it's a hobby or if it becomes our entire career uh, you know what it's it's fun to at least do i will say it is fun to do now that i got that youtube video out it was a pain in the butt and i did a <laughs> ton of stuff wrong and the worst part about it is i've watched enough youtube videos as i'm doing it i'm like okay i screwed this up i screwed that up i shouldn't have done that why did i do that but you don't learn. You don't figure that stuff out. You know, you can watch every YouTube video say, do this, do this, do this, and everything will be great. And it's true. But you then have to make it work for your surroundings, for your circumstances. And I don't have the ability to build my own YouTube studio necessarily, but there's certainly things I can do to improve on the production quality that I did on that video. But it was fun to do it because now I know what not to do. There's probably a handful of things I know not to do for the next time. And... You know, I'm I'm quickly understanding audacity. We talked about that off, off podcast earlier. Um, you know, I had to deal with that to do the voiceover. I'm dealing with editing videos, loading them up to YouTube, all that stuff. And now that I've gotten my feet wet, it's it's actually exciting. It was frustrating as get out over this weekend, but now that the video's up there. The six minute and forty eight second nugget of putrid goodness is actually made me slightly happy you know to to actually see hey i got i have a video and actually wherever this goes i got it started like you said you did it you put the video out and just that it's not not the way i wanted it to be i had this whole thing in my head of how perfect it was gonna be and i'd have all these graphics and it was gonna be really cool and i would be funny and edgy and all this stuff it was like no i'm just I'm just doing a voiceover on a video that I very, very poorly recorded. Oh, you you, you did sound a little bit like, oh, now we see this, the engraving here on the clasp. Look <laughs> at this engraving. It's fabulous. It, it, was, it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit, a little bit intimate, the discussion about the box. And, 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 and part of that, actually, I have to say, part of that was kind of intended. I knew that I couldn't yep. be excited. I knew that I couldn't be, oh, look at this. It was because now it wouldn't be authentic. So I said, let me just talk about, because I screwed up badly before. So now I will just talk and we'll explain what's going through step by step. And that was my kind of quasi self-deprecating, slightly comical radio. <laughs> this is my... I'm an idiot radio voice. I hope you enjoy this. Oh, we just lost all the idiot radio voice. Uh, no, uh, because every radio voice is, is is excellent. 
and full of brilliant people. I'm just saying that's me. I mean, I'm the only one. <laughs> so, so, so my, so you, so, okay, dialing back to the nine points that you made in that diatribe <laughs> of, of defending your YouTubiness, uh, getting back to the, 500 meter comment and i can understand saving the discussion 500 versus 300 versus 100 for a review um but if you're gonna mention it it needs to have some sort of reference so whether you discuss the water if you well then you could just say you could say this is impressive at this price point okay you know give okay. it give it yeah give it I, some I reason that. that you're remarking on it um you know, and especially, especially where you had a voiceover, where you had like a few moments to kind of pull together your thoughts, I, I think it would have been good to have a reference on it. Mm -hmm. I also, I also would have liked to have a little bit more time with the extra bands because you, you, you showed how it came with some extra bands. Oh, I did not want to. I did not want to try to swap bands and then take more video. I'm like, no, just show the watch. I don't need a swap, but you spent more time on the on the on the on the watch roll than you did on the bands. Yeah, so I could have used true. a little bit more on that, but all, all in all, I liked it. I, it was a good verse, first uh, stab. I, I thought actually the lighting was pretty good. It might have been problematic for your focus. It, no, I was I was I, I was liked... relatively happy with how the lighting turned out compared to what I was trying to work with when I started and realized I'm like I need to. So, I mean, the brown table kind of at least reduced the glare, and mm. working in the working in the dining room was nice because I have that. The light, the uh, the light that's hanging has a stained glass chandelier to it, so it diffuses light really well. So you don't have like a direct glare. Unfortunately, the latter part of the video with the ring light, I kind of used it to try to help. Uh, you know, obviously you don't want that glare, but the fact that there's a ring light in the video as I'm turning and it reflects off the crystal is kind of intended because it does give a different hue, which kind of... Sh it really helped to see the uh, the shine from the bracelet. It, I think it made the bracelet pop a bit. It certainly didn't help for seeing the dial itself, but, you know, I mean, that's why I kind of used both of them, is so that overall you get a decent enough look at the watch. Could it be better? Absolutely. And I'll work on that for the next videos, but... You know, this has a uh, an ETA 2893 Elaboré movement, which... For a watch of its price range, and I'll just say it, it's a seven hundred and fifty dollar watch. So, no. yeah, um, but I will, I will say that for for the build quality, I mean, the build quality on these are just phenomenal. the The clasp, okay, the clasp is something I'll definitely talk about on the review because it is a very very excellent clasp. It has a laser etched. The, the logo is laser etched on the bottom, and it has a uh, a ratcheting lock uh, micro adjustment. Yeah, that's what I was. So. That's what I was interested about because I've I've often had like metal band watches, but you end up like having to affix it to one spot. So like if you're doing a lot of work and your your hand starts to swell a little bit, it gets mm -hmm. really tight, and then as that goes away, it gets kind of loose. And and I've never had a good relationship with metal bands Ooh. because of that. Oh, and I just, I just, I made a mistake because I actually just. Did you break it? Because with the ratcheting did you... um, extension, you can actually, mm -hmm. without even taking it off, you can, uh, you can tighten it. So you can just, uh, if you get your thumb right on that last link and push it towards the clasp, it'll ratchet in and then you need to take it off and, and basically pull on that slider to release it. 
but it's a fantastic clasp and it's nice because um, if you don't have that micro adjust or if you have to keep taking out links to to get it just right you need that extension like you said to to make it comfortable especially if you're doing a lot of work and your wrists are getting sweaty and so bring bring the watch face up close to the camera for me it's gonna be hard with because you were mentioning how it has the GM it has the GMT bezel and then it also has the dive bezel on it yes yeah you're not gonna be able to see well actually I'm looking at my little tiny screen at the bottom and going you're not gonna be able to see that tiny screen but you're looking at the big screen yeah I do have um and and the loom it is the loom on busy. this watch actually that's what I was, that's what I was saying or was I saying no I don't think I said in the video um the loom on this watch is crazy good. Zelos has crazy good loom. They do a ton of loom. And I was outside for about two or three minutes this evening, just before I came back inside at about 7.30 is it, or 8 o'clock when the sun was getting low and it was it was fairly dark inside the house. And I'd only been outside, not even in direct sunlight, just in kind of overcast. I came in and this thing was lit up like a like a Christmas tree. Lit up like Times Square. And it was bright. And that's when you can actually see... That's when you can actually see the markings really well. Uh, but they are. They're kind of a light, a faded yellow on a on an aluminum bezel. So they're not... The dive bezel part you can see better. But the outer ring is very difficult to see. I actually... I actually as, as nice of a feature as they tried to make it, I don't think it's useful. But you have the GMT mm -hmm. hand inside. So you can have... The thing is, when you have a GMT bezel on the outside, you can track multiple time zones instead of two. You can do three time zones if you wanted to. I think I think this is a watch best for two time zones. And right now, I have it set to London because that's where I was a year ago today, in London. Jolly old London town. Yes. L London, England. Yes, London, England. Not London, Ontario. Oh heck no. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I've ever been to London, Ontario, so I don't want to put that down. But no. Go to Florida, Mass. Yeah. Go to Paris, Maine. So yes, this this watch, there'll be another video, probably, I would guess, sometime in mid-August, which will be more of the review of the watch. And uh, I will have it scripted, and I will probably use the phone on a tripod in the middle of the day on my white table and do a better job of it. And I also, and I also, I can also edit better. I know how to edit clips up because I think I tried to make everything perfect at once, and then not perfect at once, but try to do it in one take. Where I think now I realize, hey, if you mess something up, just pause and start over again, and then, and then you can trim that out later on. And it, you know, because YouTube is the master you of jump do it cuts. In post. No one cares if you do jump cuts in YouTube. You know, if you're talking like oh, yeah. professional on TV, it's like you want to make sure everything flows and is congruent. You know, but on YouTube, it's like if all of a sudden, you know, you can see that you ended scene, started scene. No one cares. If I could, I, if I could count the number of YouTubers that edit out their own intakes of breath, it is astounding. That is like such a style of hey, I'm just going to talk about this, and then I'm talking about that, and then I'm talking about this, and then I'm talking about that because you don't even want to have to stop for any second whatsoever that it's going to continually talk and talk because you can't even pause to take in a breath. It's really quite an interesting facet of mm. entertainment is, is that like rapid fire YouTube channel. Yeah, it is interesting. It's an interesting animal because it's certainly not what we grew up with. It's not what we're used to. We're not, 
You know, we're so used to this highly produced. And and that was the I think the fascinating thing is after I published this video, I actually went back and I watched uh the time teller. Now the time teller, he actually all he does is he records his own video and he's got his own editors and producers and then when he does if he does live chats, he's got moderators. He's basically set up where he and he he pumps out like six videos a week or six pieces of content. And if you're he doesn't do Patreon, but if you if he I think it's it's a pro, it's a program through YouTube where you can support the channel, and if you spend enough per month, I think it's like four dollars a month that he charges, and you basically get material almost every day of the week. And but when you look at it, he actually did. I was watching his video on the Orient Defender watch, which he did only four months ago. So it's not even like an early video of his. This is fairly recent. And when he did the unboxing, it was it didn't look any more produced. Slightly better lighting, and what he did is he put two objects in the corner. He had his he had his knife that he used to cut, and then he had his caliper tool on the right. And he never even used that. It was just kind of there for, for, you know, decoration. And it basically was just him. And I and and he probably it, what it sounds like it sounds like he might either use a lapel mic, or, which is probably what I should be investing in is a lapel mic. I can just plug right into. I can either plug into my laptop or or plug it directly into the phone. And then I think that will be the best because the lapel mic will basically take the microphone out of my conscious. And all I need to do is basically make sure I don't knock over the phone with my big nush or my medium-sized nush. You're the one with the big nush. Um, I'm the one with the odd egg-shaped nush. But you could tell the way his hands come into the video, like his hands are, his arms are spread apart like he's reaching around. So he's either wearing a camera, which I don't think he is because the camera doesn't move, uh, or he's basically just stationed behind a phone. That's or maybe a GoPro. That's another thing. And I have a GoPro. I should look into using that and just place it and then just work around it. And that's that's about all an unboxing video has to be, really. Let me ask you a question. Go for it. What uh? What is your daily driver cell phone? Uh, my daily driver cell phone is my One Plus Six. One plus six. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I'm not going to go as far back as one plus six. Okay. Okay. Have you ever seen the channel Jerry Rig Everything? Uh, I might have come across that once. It sounds familiar. Or you might have told he, me. He, he's a bald guy. He does teardown videos. Yes. Of tech. Yes, I have. I saw. I saw one or two of his videos. For some reason, YouTube never recommended him to me again. Okay. So he has a couple of videos on the OnePlus 8 Pro mm -hmm. uh, from a couple months ago. Yep. So I want you to watch these. Okay. We'll discuss them on the next uh, the next podcast. Okay. Okay. So it's OnePlus 8 Pro durability test and OnePlus 8 Pro teardown. Okay. Okay. They're six minutes and eight minutes long. Can you can you give me any reason why you want to watch and discuss this before we do so? A teaser. So the reason I wanted to the reason I want to discuss these is I believe he does a voiceover after effect because as he's doing it, stuff is happening and he's almost kind of like describing it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's as he first sees it. I think he's videotaping himself doing the, the durability tests and the teardowns, and then he does a voiceover afterwards. 
So his timing, and obviously he's been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. He's this is his livelihood. He's excessively polished. So your second video is not going to be what he's putting out. Okay. But his lighting, he, he does this video technique where he's got a rig from overhead with lighting and his camera looking straight down so he can work with oh, something. Oh, yes. Totally hands-free. Um, it's beautifully lit, beautifully clear. You can see everything that he's working on and the way that his voiceover works with it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go with that style, I don't think you should emulate him because it's a bit stark. Um, mm-hmm. It's more lab-like instead of in real life. Yeah. But I wonder like what kind of things you might be able to pull out of it. Okay. Um, That's a nice, nice recommendation. You know, using some, using some uh, Foley work, getting some in-real-life sound effects to go along with your voiceover. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of blending those two together. I, I want to watch the. I want want to watch those with you, and then we can kind of discuss just to kind of see what stuff you can glean. Because I think, I think in any medium, a lot of it is imitation, mm-hmm. but then also seeing what you bring to the table. Okay. Um, I, I I find like like one of the things I love. So that first when we were talking about YouTube channels before, and the first one that came up was Driven Car Reviews, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like a quirky guy little bit dorky i i I love watching his reviews because he's he's not not too pushy he's he just sort of wants to get out information Mm -hmm. um but he has some interesting ways of of discussing things uh the favorite my favorite thing that he does his best shtick in his car reviews is he does the tp trunk test (laughs) where he'll he takes the vehicle to a costco and he goes in and he gets he gets like a pallet truck full of like the giant 24 rolls of toilet paper that they have at Costco mm-hmm. because it's a standard size. Like it's always this same size. And so he'll come out and he'll have this car and he tries to see how many of these bundles of toilet paper will fit. <laughs> you know, instead of giving you cubic feet, cause it's like, Oh yeah, it's got a 14 cubic foot trunk, but it's like, well, if it's weird shaped, who cares how big it is if I can't fit boxes in it because you know, it's got weird tunnels and weird sides. And instead it's like, okay, you know, these are about the size of a suitcase. How many of these can he fit? And he'll actually like, he'll do like a quick rundown video. So it'll show him like fitting them in different ways. And like, sometimes he'll stack them and sometimes he'll put them next to each other. And sometimes he'll like stack them from the front and back. Mm-hmm. And he'll find out like, he'll go through a bunch of permutations to figure out which way fits the best. But he's like, oh yeah, this is a four pack car. This is a seven pack car. Oh, this SUV, I could put 11 packs of toilet paper in there. <laughs> and, it, and it's, it's the goofiest thing. And yet it's, it's useful information. And it's very visual. It visually pops. Well, we're also chauffeurs, so that's something that, oh, yes, we we definitely have an interest in that. Or, like, there, there was another um, there's another podcaster that I listened to, but he tried getting into automotive reviews for a little while. He did, like, a half dozen yeah. car review videos. Um, so they were pretty simple affairs. But one of the things he did was his dad has a lift. And so he would take the car that he was reviewing to his father's garage and put it on the lift and show it from underneath. I mean, how many car reviews do you see where you actually see the underside of the car? Mm. Um, and to see the differences of like where they'll put shrouds or where stuff is located, it's, it's, you don't even see that on the car that you own. 
So to see that interview is interesting. So, so it's almost like, okay, where can you find your angle on the watch? I mean, cause a watch is, it's something you put on your wrist that tells time, mm-hmm. but like what unique thing, like that's, that's the thing that I like that you started off with just the shipping package, Tearing not even it. the box from the manufacturer, but just, you know, I got this thing, you know, I, I'd almost say, take it to the next level. Next time you have an unboxing video, start taking the camera out to your front steps and going, Ooh, I've got this box on my and here, steps. And here's the thing. I decided to record that at, at 1 a.m. And I was debating actually starting the video from sitting upstairs at the desk with the camera pointed at me and going, oh, I just remembered I have a package. And then I run downstairs. And it's actually like you can see the camera shaking as I run downstairs. And then I run to the front door and I open it up. It's like, oh, my God, it's a, it's a package. And I think I know where it's from. And yes, because cause that's what people want. I mean, when you order something, you you like you maybe like on Amazon. Some watch, some, you click some watch people just want to see the watch. So it's there's kind of a mix. But yeah, I, that's kind of what I wanted to do. But when it came down to it, again, it was like the first video, and I just said, "Ah, oh, I said, let me just keep it as simple as possible." And so I did. But um, I think I do want to incorporate. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to because there are some people that you never see their faces, or Maybe a little bit. And it's, you know, while I am certainly not uh, George Clooney or anything, uh, I don't want to shy away from the camera. You know, I do want to be personable. Because sexy man. My, my thoughts and my interests uh, in in watches are unique to a degree, which is what's great about watches is because you can be... It is kind of the style, you know, that's why you wear a watch. It's to kind of, you know, some people just put it because they want to have something on their wrist that they can look at and tell the time. But many people want it to be either a fashion statement or just kind of an identifier of who they are, you know, stylistically. Even if it's nothing crazy, it's like, hey, like, you know, you like your your Seiko monster. You want to show people, hey, I'm kind of a tooly Seiko monster guy. You know, for me, I'm more of a... It's funny because I'm more of a... Are you calling me a tool? What? What'd you say? Are you calling me a tool? Yeah, you are. <laughs> but, you know, the funny thing is, is I now have... You know, I now have two dive watches and I'm not a... Like, I'm not a huge dive watch fan. Like, I definitely gravitate more towards dressier watches. But I haven't been able to find something that really... And I know the Seiko cocktail time is something that you like. And that could be the subject. Actually, teaser, that will be the subject of an upcoming video. Um, I have another idea for a video that will be coming up probably... Well, when the watches ever get here. Uh, Cocktail time? You're gonna do a cocktail time, but it's interesting because in talking to you, uh, I actually have an interesting idea for watch videos, and I'm not gonna say it now because I need to think about it. But that's a big market tease, there, folks. It certainly is. But I think that it could be a very, very interesting angle on watches. So uh, I'm gonna think about it. Maybe do a little bit of planning and. Uh, Maybe it's something we can talk about on a future uh, future podcast, or maybe off the I podcast. Look f- I look forward to tearing it apart in episode five. <laughs> I'm sure you will. This has been Fool Injectors with the Pappas Brothers, and occasionally a reluctant Leslie Pappas. Theme music is entitled "Continuing the Way" by Vlad Gushenko, available on SoundCloud. This doesn't belong in the meat department. Don't be lazy, Andrew. I'm I'm not that good an audio editor. <laughs>
It took me half an hour just to figure out how to line up the two audio files. So, <laughs> so I'm glad you're so so into this because I know I can just ride you for all the editing, at least for the <laughs> at least for the first few hundred episodes. I'm looking like that guy. Yes, I'm that guy. The one that was on the news all over the country for the past like three or four days. I'm that guy.